Coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States, it's the TH Cinema Podcast. everybody to the TH Cinema Podcast. My name is Dan, and with me as always is the San and Diego to my whale's vagina. What? That's an Anchorman reference. Oh my god. I'll allow it. <laughs> that one caught me off guard. The lack of personal hygiene and no knowledge of deodorant to my Comic-Con. Yeah, be better, Comic-Con goers, please, for everybody. Hey, I mean, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same at wrestling shows, honestly. Snort. Uh, Hi. Silent John. Well, hello. And Frank couldn't be here today. So we just finished smoking a little bit of weed. Mm -hmm. The green. And we're obviously coming in a little hot, because it's Comic-Con time. And Comic-Con time is kind of like Christmas for nerdy movie folks like myself. Not nerdy film folks like you, but nerdy movie folks like me. So this is like like your movie wet dream right now. And to be honest, Comic-Con this year, it kind of almost flopped for me. I was expecting a lot more like big news coming out throughout the, the weekend happening and then up until the point when Marvel dropped it on the table. Plop. Uh, didn't they? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. From <laughs> from my perspective, because I see the potential of it all, they kind of did. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited to, to dive into that and, and hear your thoughts on it, because I, I pretty much agree that Comic-Con, at least in my eyes, was a bit of a disappointment. And, and maybe this year I learned that Comic-Con just isn't for me anymore. It kind of makes me a little sad. For me, it was the fact that Comic-Con doesn't feel like it's all for me anymore because the first day was nothing but sword and sandals news and when you're talking about nerds you break them into groups okay you got your fantasy nerds sword and sandal D kids you got your comic book nerds and you got your sci-fi geeks who are nerds by association and in those venn diagrams of nerds there's a lot of crossover but there's not enough crossover to make up an entire Comic-Con's worth of news. Like, if you're going to do something Comic-Con, like, let's keep it to comics. You know what I mean? Like, there's no need to devote a whole day to fantasy stuff. Do you mean, like, just, like, news and panels and stuff like that? Or do you mean, like, the actual, like, convention part of it also? Like, the booths and all that kind of stuff? Because it wasn't even just, like sword and sandal stuff it was just like general pop culture like you walk in it you know what it's like now you know what comic-con's turned into hot topic (laughs) that is spot on (laughs) wow down to the lack of deodorant (laughs) (laughs) it's just a pop culture smelly mecca that's all it is i agree with that completely and that's kind of within the the confines of what comic-con should be but it kind of felt this year that they really like blocked out their news what they were what was going to be dropping what they were going to be talking about which panels they were going to have in relation to which nerdery mm. day what? it was yeah 
But maybe that's honestly a good aspect for them, because then if, if you're into the swords and sandals, then you know what day to go. If you're into the, the Marvel DC comics, then you know what day to go. I, I, I don't know. I mean, haven't they done Game of Thrones for a long time in the past? I mean, they, they've kind of covered things of that nature for a while. I don't know. It didn't seem super out of the norm. Yeah, I just feel that it kind of killed the hype for me, because it's like the first day out of the gate, it was, you know... A dark match. That, for that's me. what you start with, and it's underwhelming. I get it. I'm sorry, Comic Con didn't <laughs> gear its entire convention to you, Dan. <laughs> Not to me directly, but to the me's of the world who are what look forward to Comic Con as our Christmas every year. Yeah, I mean, I, I am, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm just being devil's advocate here. Let's just everyone come, whoever. I don't give a fuck. Comic Con, whatever you want. <laughs> give everyone their nerd time. That's what I think it is. Is It's just a nerd convention more than specific comic. Well, I mean, I, I'm definitely not that target audience at all. It's never been my forte when it comes to movies, comics, books. I, I don't really care for the swords and sandals. But weirdly enough, the Dungeons & Dragons trailer was one of the things I was most excited about. So they, they got me, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I was already pre-out. Dungeons & Dragons trailer. Didn't even bother watching. Not on board. You're missing out. I, I could care less about it, and it looks fun. It really does. Yeah, and they've tried D&D movies before, but they it hasn't worked, and that could be product of the time stuff, but I just feel that that's a dead property, honestly. There's no need to make a movie out of it, other than it's going to look like a Walmart version of Lord of the Rings at some point. No, see, I disagree with you. I think this... Gen Z, this is going to be their thing. Because think, d and is like in Stranger Things and stuff. So Gen Z is going to hop all over this. You tell that to Duncan Jones' World of Warcraft. Yeah, I think that one was doomed to fail from yeah. the start, though. That looked pretty bad for like the beginning of it. I don't know. With, with the D&D trailer, at least what sold me is the two directors who are working on it. Their last movie was Game Night, which is an absolutely underrated movie. And honestly... Jesse Plemons' best performance, in my opinion. So just for that alone, I will give this movie a chance. It, it's got Chris Pine in it. I'm a sucker for Chris Pine. I, I think I expected something really dumb funny, but it looks, like, cleverly funny. So, I don't know. Not not going to make me the biggest D&D fan, but I'll at least give it a shot. Hugh Grant in it, too? That's oh. a that's an odd odd casting, but... But playing, playing the villain in it, though. Yeah. I like that. That sounds fun. Into it. Yeah, cast-wise, I can see where it could land very well. I like me some Chris Pine, and I like me some Hugh Grant. But content-wise, I'm not even on board from the beginning of it. So I don't think I could jump on the train midway through. You're already slamming the door. Yeah. <laughs> done. Done. Even something like Game of Thrones, the trailer that dropped, which I did watch, and I was a big Thrones fan when it was on for the first four seasons and then as time went on I became less and less of a Thrones fan until after the last episode of the last season I am a 0% Thrones fan and something that I was initially like I used to watch it and I should be excited for this next chapter of it no I'm, I'm good I'm good I never got into Game of Thrones but I I feel like maybe it's like a little late because it seems like they did end like with a bad taste in people's mouths. So like, why would you think people would be excited about a movie? <laughs> it's they think people are are gonna throw money at it, and some people probably will. Some people will eat it up and love it because there's still are hardcore Game of Thrones fans out there who will. 
defend whatever crap ending they gave you guys. I, I mean, on what Snort just said, I also haven't ever given it a shot. Just because, once again, not my thing. But all I ever hear is negative things about the ending. So why would I want to devote time to something I know isn't going to pay off well? Or go see a movie that's a continuation of it. Yeah. Well, much like Jesse Plemons in Game Night, you, you kind of watch Thrones for the Dinklage. The Dinklage yeah. is what makes the series. I could see that. I'm not surprised. Maybe I'll just go watch a Dinklage Game of Thrones like YouTube comp. <laughs> That'd be better than watching Game of Thrones as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I, I, I wanted to give it a shot. I really did, but nope. I tried like three times because I was getting FOMO from Game of Thrones. And no, couldn't do it. And then the third piece of sword and sandals that came out this week was the Lord of the Rings trailer. Again, I'm not in that Venn diagram that includes the fantasy nerds. So I am not even a big Lord of the Rings fan. So I was already pre-out on this one also. Yeah, I, Lord of the Rings, I actually do hear tons of good things about, but it's a, a long time of, of my life to devote to something like that. To watch, what is there, three? Three Lord of the Rings movies? For like 18 hours? Like, I, I just, I don't know. If I'm already not interested into the concept of it, that's a lot of time for me to give up. See, I am interested in fantasy and uh, Lord of the Rings, but someone else doesn't want to devote the time to watch them. So I am just patiently waiting to maybe one day watch Lord of the Rings. We'll get around to it. I I'm sure someday I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. I will say that falling asleep during the Lord of the Rings movies is some of the best sleep that I've had. Really? 100%. Really easy to fall asleep to. Uh, see, I'm I'm not a movie sleeper, though. Like, when I'm in, like, even if it's bad, I'm just like, I gotta finish it. I'll just fight through it if I have to. And that's pretty much all the big news that came out of day one. Day two is Superhero Day at Comic-Con. So we started off with DC, who pretty much announced absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> So I saw the um, the Rock come out like in costume and stuff, you know. So I was like, "Oh shit!" Like the DC stuff happened. I'm trying to find the DC news. Nothing. And I was like, "I'm so confused." They gave us a trailer for a movie I didn't want to sink like a sequel for. So when that's really the only news you have, what what am I supposed to say about it? You know. <laughs> Yeah, I like me some Zachary Levi, but dropping Shazam 2 was pretty much just the most useless fucking thing you could have come. Like, you, if it's Comic-Con. It's Comic-Con. It's the Super Bowl for these people. Like, This is where you announce your heavy hitters. You know, there was a lot of Superman rumors. There, there was a lot, of, a lot of news outlets reporting on that, and not a single piece. The Rock made a comment about Superman. Like, well, I guess it depends on who's stronger, depending on who's playing Superman. Like, they know that people want to hear it, so just give it to them. Do you think they just wanted to avoid all the questions like, we're not going to do the Aquaman stuff because we don't want anyone to talk about Amber Heard? <laughs> That's actually a really good point. We're not going to do the Flash stuff because we're not discussing Ezra right now. Yeah, I guess they are, they are in a tough spot of like what to promote. They could have taken like PR control though and been like, you know what? The new Flash, it's all about Michael Keaton. He's going to be the star of the movie. Just scrub Ezra out of there. Right? Pull some fucking John Cena out. Yeah. You got Cena in your back pocket. But that's the problem. They have a lot in their pockets right now. You got the Battinson. You got the, the Penguin HBO series that they were talking mm -hmm. about. There's things you can do, but they literally just dropped the worst trailer for the worst property they have. I honestly think that 
them having the rock there, they probably felt like that was more than enough because Comic-Con is not a place where the rock would be, I feel like. Is this the first time he's ever appeared at Comic-Con? No, I'm sure the rock showed up at Comic-Con Has before. He? I don't know. I feel like I've never seen him at Comic-Con. He's the goddamn Scorpion yeah, King. Because uh the Undertaker was at Comic-Con this year like with uh like like the um the toys and stuff. So oh, I could right. see yeah. the rock showing up for like toy stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just felt like maybe The Rock was too big for something like this because The Rock is a brand, man. He picks and chooses what he does and where he goes. So they probably looked at that like, oh, we got The Rock. It doesn't matter. That that covers everything else. Because honestly, <laughs> with his introduction, I thought it was pretty corny. Like he just shows up in suit. And just stands there. And it was, it was just awkward. Yeah. Like unless he was like going to introduce something or do something related to the movie other than just be stoic i don't know it didn't excite me at all well in complete inverse to that end of the day on saturday uh, superhero day do you think that's why they did it fantasy friday superhero saturday does this make you more on board with the 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 alliteration and the whimsy of it yeah a little bit okay then yes i honestly hope that's the reason why i know (laughs) but later in the day kevin five comes out podcast listener kevin hi hi kevin I'm mad we didn't get a shout out. <laughs> Comes out with all the energy of Bill Gates launching Windows 95 and just fucking drops Thor's hammer on the stage in my comic book nerd opinion. And this is going to be essentially me pitching to you why this is a bigger deal than you guys think it is. Let me interject and say that there are definitely some things that I am excited about. So I don't think it was all like all a flop, but... Yeah, it wasn't all for nothing, but I, I didn't walk away super stoked coming off Thor and then diving into this. But I guess I don't know what I expected either. So the upcoming Marvel slate, the first thing that we need to talk about is the Black Panther trailer. Because that's the first thing coming up. It dropped, and it's fucking glorious. Best thing to come out of Comic-Con, hands down. Yeah, 100%. Like, this, this is probably the most excited I've been since Spider-Man, for sure. Yeah, same. Yeah, it looks like they're handling it very gracefully. It was emotional to watch. The the introduction of the Atlanteans and Namor, I wasn't expecting that to happen for some reason. Yeah, just a wild Namor. That's that's pretty awesome. And seeing the homage that they're paying to Chadwick Boseman and how they're making it about him. It's not, you know. That's going to be a rough movie to watch. Oh. Well, and just the the trailer and how it was crafted was just damn good. Like, we haven't seen a Marvel trailer like this well-constructed in quite some time. Like, th- you got so much, but you also got so little. And you know it's not going to stay that way, and that makes me sad. Yeah, and the speculation engines are running all over the place. Is that Shuri in the Black Panther costume? Is it going to be Michael B. Jordan in the Black Panther costume? But I think all of that other crap, all the action crap, is just going to be secondary to this just beautiful beautiful film that this is gonna be it just looks like epic like huge like and i mean it's it's kind of like the first black panther movie it like just looks so different than anything else with marvel just like how good it looks yeah it feels like they're gonna treat it more of like a spectacle and that makes me very happy especially like like you said dan to honor chadwick and not just be like oh yeah he died so we're just gonna move forward and pretend like everything's okay The other visual trailer that we did get dropped during the Comic-Con was the new She-Hulk trailer for the series, Mm -hmm. which it kind of seems like 
the next Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie is going to have ugly She-Hulk and <laughs> regular She-Hulk at the convention because they've completely revamped the style of the trailer, the way she looks. They took out all of that bullshit girl stereotype stuff and they listened. They listened to my complaints. Hi, Kevin. He's always lurking. <laughs> I unfortunately cannot speak upon this trailer because I have not seen it because a part of me really wants to tap out of the Marvel TV, the the Marvel TCU. There you go. I, I know Ruffalo's in it and I love some Ruffalo. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I don't know. Well, you should give it a shot for the ending scene, which when me and Snort watched it, uh, it was too bright out and she couldn't see on my <laughs> phone. So I had to explain to her what happened. But the ending scene is definitely a, like, okay. It, it reels you in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And it does seem like they're going to be leaning into the lawyer aspect of it really hard. Not so much the Sex in the City side. Good. But I'm re-excited-ish for this series. I actually saw something on Instagram today, too. Um, some, I don't know, some news that um, She-Hulk is going to have, like, a ton of cameos and, like, a lot of different people in it. So that's kind of fun. I don't know. I've heard the cameo thing with every Marvel property going forward at this point. So <laughs> touche. <laughs> you you just expect it with everything. So She-Hulk and Black Panther are wrapping up the rest of this year, and that's when we're officially moving into Phase Five of the MCU. Goddamn, there's been five phases. This is going to be the fifth phase. And they have even like even more than this planned. <laughs> Six whole phases on the docket. Six plus. Well, we start off with Ant-Man and Wasp Mania, which I have seen a couple of little leaked things. Kang the Conqueror will be showing up in this. So that's going to be kind of the big baddie. Kang was introduced in the Loki series. There's been talk about him being the big bad for a while. He is a great character for what they're going for, which is the melding of the universes. Because right now... Disney's finally got the rights to all of the little properties that were sold off to everyone. And they need to reel it all back in. And they did it with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But Multiverse would not have existed without Kang the Conqueror kind of existing. Hmm. One cannot exist without the other. And the multiversal aspect of the MCU has always been a big thing in the comic books. And Kang is just terrifying because no matter when you kill a Kang, there's another Kang that just pops out of nowhere. So we're in the actual comic book world where deaths don't fucking matter. Everybody can die and everybody can come back. We got to see some of that with Gamora coming back. Mm -hmm. But all bets are off. Everybody that's dead could be alive again. Who the fuck knows? That would be crazy. Well, that's just, I already feel like they've been toying with that, with the whole multiverse aspect of it all. And I don't know, it, it has potential, but like, who who do you want to come back that's died then? Do you have somebody in mind? Well, I'm just thinking, you know, phase 53. <laughs> no, 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 no. 120-year-old Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> popping up as old man Stark. I'm out, sharks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, people really want him to come back, like, as soon as possible. So any, any sense of him even coming back to the MCU in any capacity, the, the internet would go nuts. Yeah, but look what the multiverse has already given us. It gave us Jim from The Office as Reed Richards, as we've all been begging for for decade at this point. We got Toby back from like 20 years ago. 
And all these things, they don't have to carry on. There could be no point. They could just blip in and blip out because multiverse mm -hmm. things. It's beautiful for the cameos that yeah. we were talking about and the ability to do that kind of shit. Yeah, there's tons and tons of potential. I, I won't disagree. It's just I, I need to see that potential payoff, I think. What are your guys' thoughts, though, on, like, okay, this potential new, like, big villain to basically take, like, Thanos' spot in our MCU? Um, what do you think of him, like, just being introduced into just TV so far? That's a bold choice. Yeah, well, uh, you have to also think, how were we introduced to Thanos throughout the first, what, two phases of the MCU almost? Yeah, like after credit scenes and stuff. Just little but... seven-second little blips. Until, what, Guardians, I think, is when he's actually, like, Thanos, Thanos that we end up knowing. Yeah, it's it takes that long, and we weren't getting anything. At least we have a little bit of, you know... Okay, okay. And this guy's already got a built-in backstory now. Mm -hmm. He's not just this guy popping up out of nowhere where you have to have your comic book friend tell you about all the things that he did. And Yeah. It just plays into the more, like, you have to have Disney Plus <laughs> to know what's going on at all. It's real-life DLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you miss one, oh, you're so fucking behind. But one of the things I'm most excited for in the next phase of Phase 5 is the Secret Invasion that they alluded to back in, like, Captain Marvel and Spider-Man No Way Home with the scrolls taking on roles. So just like in the multiverse stuff where anybody can come back from the dead at any point now, anybody could also be a scroll at any point. There's so much potential for anybody. And then you've got these scrolls that have these fucking flight suits or fucking shrinking things. What if Ant-Man's a goddamn scroll? See, if they do pull stuff like that, that would make me, like, interested if everyone is popping up as scrolls. Well, there's a whole character called the Super Scroll that is a mutant scroll that has the powers of all four of the Fantastic Four at once. So he's got, like, a rock arm that's on fire, and he can stretch, and he can turn invisible and do force fields and all the things. So is this your way to intro Fantastic Four also? Or, like... Is it going to have the Fantastic Four tie-in? And the Skrulls have always been a classic Fantastic Four villain also. There was a lot of more between the Skrulls in Fantastic Four than the Skrulls in X-Men, for the most part. They're, they're known as a F4 property. So, so this show will probably be like some of our first like breadcrumbs into the Fantastic Four. But they can also give things to us and then take them away. What if all of a sudden all the X-Men pop up? In the Secret Invasion, and then it's like, down. nope, we were just scrolls pretending to be these things. They could totally Evan Peters on WandaVision us. Well, it's just like the in Doctor Strange also, like, like John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Is that really him? Or like, are we going to get a different one? You have no idea. I can only take so many rugs being pulled out from under me. I don't know if I'm on board with that yet. Oh, there will be rugs aplenty. This is a goddamn rug store. <sighs> I have enough rugs already. Thank you. So after that, we've got The Guardians 3, which I have seen the leaked trailer for. Uh, it is going to be James Gunn's last Guardians film. It looks very heartfelt in the James Gunn way, but Disney's also very good at cutting their trailers. Yeah. So let's take that into account. The song that they use, great choice. Yeah. And it looks like we're going to get some baby Rocket Raccoon and find out a little bit about his backstory. And we get to see our first look of William... Poitier, and goddamn, perfect specimen. 
Really? Yes. See, the Guardians used to be like my favorite group. Guardians number one was one of my favorite Marvel movies, but man, it's just I've lost a lot of interest, and I need something to pull me back in. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that <laughs> this Pultier God will will do it for me. Well, what if it's just the Pratt of it all? Maybe that's why we've all got like the comic book fatigue, because we also had Jurassic Park fatigue. So what if Chris Pratt's just contagious? See, I I gotta say that I I really liked Chris Pratt in Guardians One, and I bet you even not liking him now, if I went back and watched it, I'd probably still like him in that movie. But Guardians Two wasn't super awesome, and every time they pop up in like the Avengers movies or Thor, I don't know, it's just like the watered down version of it, and I just don't care. Because I feel like they're like the comic relief characters, so all of the annoying, like, funny parts in the adventure movies that drive us crazy, it's mostly from him because they're the comedy ones. Yeah, they definitely do much better under James Gunn, for sure. And I really thought Taika would, would do them well. I mean, he got him out of there, but I, I was ready for that them to leave at the same time. So After Guardians 3, we do get the Echo series, which is kind of a spinoff from the Hawkeye series, so we're really getting into the inception of the MCU at this point because we're taking a Disney Plus series and spinning off a Disney Plus series into a Disney Plus series. What? (laughs) Yup. Nope. (laughs) And that brings us to Loki Season 2, which will undoubtedly have more Kang the Conqueror stuff, more fun variant shit. With the multiverse, again, one of the things that I really enjoy is the variant culture of it. Like, I saw something today that maybe, like, the Norman Osborn in Peter Parker's 616 world is black, and that's why Peter was, like, when he saw Norman, and he said, my name's Norman Osborn, Peter goes, wait, but you're not, and then, like, he gets cut off. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, that's like, odd. he might be of a different race, you can have people of different genders portraying without having to give Natalie Portman a fucking hammer and make her into <laughs> Thor. Yeah. Or make an army of kid Thors, you know. I really liked the first Loki season, um, like all the variant stuff, but it's the time part of it. It just confuses me so much, and I, I struggled. And after that, we do get the Marvels movie, which is going to have Brie Larson and Kamala Khan and all the Miss Marvels kind of together, and it's a loop in from the Miss Marvel series that is on Disney Plus and giving them a starring role, which that could be fun. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. I'm grateful. Just you, I think, in this room. (laughs) I don't really care. I just haven't seen anything Captain Marvel related other than her popping up in Avengers. Uh, do Do you enjoy, like, all the Captain Marvels? Is there one that's, like, better than the others, Dan? Well, I like the Kamala Khan comics version of her. Mm-hmm. The energy powers that they kind of gave her in the series. I'm not a purist. I understand like where they went with it, but it's not my favorite take on it, especially if you only did it so that Jim Krasinski could live for five seconds and then turn into <laughs> spaghetti. Which is a good chance that that's exactly why that happened. <laughs> yeah, because her powers in the comic book are more Mr. Fantastic than shooting energy things. and Right projecting auras and after that we get a marvel return we get fucking blade the fucking vampire hunter this is maybe one of the other things that i'm actually extremely excited for just for the fact that mahershala ali is playing blade like the dude is a phenomenal actor and i mean the wesley snipes blade is is kind of fun you know and now that we we get it in a better context or to where it fits into a lot of other things 
I'm a hundred percent down for for this. Yeah, I think maybe just because he is uh, in it that I'm like, oh, okay, I will check this one out. The Marvel fatigue can sit to the side for this one. I was really hoping for even like a still from this, and we didn't get anything other than a release date. Well, and you know that since it's on the Marvel Studios side of things, he's not going to be fighting Morbius. There's going to be no Morbs or, happening. Or maybe he is. You never know. What if they, they work out a handshake deal with Sony? Oh, God. It's Morbin time. Can you imagine that that office? Like, hey, can we borrow Morbius? I don't think Kevin Feige would let that happen. I think he would slam the door shut. You want us to use who? No. But jo- I I don't hope this happens, but I do... Just because you said that this is, you're looking forward to this movie so much, could you imagine trailer drops? Jared Leto's in it. He's gonna lose his fucking oh shit over here. Oh no! <laughs> Why would you even say it out loud? Where, where on the scales of Silent John are we going to the movie if Jared Leto's in it, or are we not <laughs> going to the movie because Jared Leto's in it? You know, as much as I hate him, I can put it aside. Like he's in Fight Club for God's sakes. Like. He has good performances, but the person Jared Leto really just irks me. I'll give it a chance. What if it says Jared Leto as himself? Second build on the fucking credits. Well, Marvel, it was fun knowing you. <laughs> Time for me to hit the old dusty trail. Don't worry, at 30 seconds tomorrow's song will play you on your way out. <laughs> Why must we live in this world? This cruel, cruel Jared Leto world. Hey, don't blame the music. Because music can lead to great things. Because somehow Agatha Harkness got her own fucking series. Look, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed her in WandaVision. But this is just a case of like, we did because we could. Like, I don't see how a whole series of this character works out, honestly. Unless you know something that I don't, Dan. I got nothing. Guys, this is the show that I'm most looking forward to. Probably only because it has the word covenant in it <laughs> that I'm very intrigued. But I mean, like, it's all the witches and stuff. So this one was for me. Well, the next one I think was for John because Daredevil is getting an 18 episode fucking series. I'm conflicted on this because Daredevil is the best Marvel show, in my opinion. And it'll be interesting to see the MCU have its take on it. But 18 episodes is a long, long story to tell. And if I've got Marvel fatigue now, they're going to have to really do some shit to keep me intrigued with this. But to be fair, his little cameo in Spider-Man was brilliant. If, if that's the Matt Murdock we get, I'm, I'm all in. I'll take 20 episodes, 30 episodes. Might as well give us a trilogy of movies. So for 18 weeks, there's an episode of this show? I feel like they'll, they'll put a break in there, right? Oh, they might do double episode drops or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing now. Mm. Well, and I mean, you get Wilson Fisk again. He is one of their best villains, so I'm happy to see him get some more shining in in the MCU. Yeah, his little bit on Hawkeye was just jaw-droppingly great. He hasn't lost a step. He just has a very, very menacing presence. And and, I mean, he does in anything he's in, but specifically as this character, he's perfect. Yeah, and they always played Wilson Fisk a little bit differently than D'Onofrio does. He was always like, like a big, like, burly, yelly, kind of dumb. Like Donkey Kong. He was a Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's perfect. But the Wilson Fisk that Vincent D'Onofrio pulls off is just kind of very somber and sullen and just, like, seething, seething with anger. Is this Kingpin? Is that who we're talking about? Oh, okay. I haven't seen the show. 
Well, that's the thing is, is once he breaks that somberness, it just goes into absolute anger. Terrifying. He can just crush you with those big old man hands. Yeah. And I have a feeling that all these things are kind of leading up to the last thing, which I'm going to get to. But before the last thing, we've got the Captain America Falcon movie that's going to be dropping, which I'll fuck with some Anthony Mackie. His series was actually, you know, pretty decent. It was better than I expected it to be. I always enjoyed him as, as Falcon, and I mean, I think he's a good Captain America. Uh, I'll I'll probably give it a shot. Do we know uh, who the villain of this is going to be? Do Do we have anything to, to point us in who it could be? Well, they left off the series with U.S. Agent and Falcon. So U.S. Agent was the guy that they gave the Captain America mantle to in the Disney Plus series, which is played by Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son. Oh, okay. I know mm-hmm. who you're talking about. Okay. And he kind of goes goes a little crazy, like you fucking do, and kind of becomes a bad guy. And he gets recruited by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get to the Thunderbolts side. And this is the end of the Phase 5. So during this entire Phase 5, Kang's going to be kind of popping in Thanos-style. I don't think it's going to have a lot of lead into Kang. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they're saving the big build for Phase 6 with the couple of titles they released there. The Thunderbolts is the end game for the phase because that's what it's been building up to even through the prior phase. This is what they've been setting in motion under the radar because you haven't seen it happen yet. Okay. So the Thunderbolts is, they're describing it as Marvel's suicide squad. Okay. Hmm. But that's not, that's not the case at all. That's what, that's what the media is kind of saying. Thunderbolts is a very, very, calculated subtle comic book storyline because they are essentially the color swapped version of the avengers so hawkeye you've got bullseye on the thunderbolts because he's a picture perfect precision you know what i mean bullseye is hawkeye abomination is hulk and the storylines go that and they kind of touched on it a little bit in the daredevil season three where you had Bullseye pretending to be Daredevil. Yeah. And they could pull that guy, that Bullseye, they're going to have to at this point because it's Charlie Cox's universe, but the multiverse gives them the ability to recast it if they want to. Thanks, multiverse. Colin Farrell. Oh, God. <laughs> All in. But the whole buildup with Yelena, the Black Widow, she's the new Black Widow, and with the Skrull stuff, where the bad guy versions are kind of ruining the reputations of the good guy versions to lull them out or the scrolls were doing that through the secret invasion pretending to be the superheroes and doing fucked up shit and the thunderbolts are going to kind of that's going to be the big clash it's going to be the avengers coming back out of the woodwork this whole phase potentially get chris evans popping back in from the multiverse as captain america or maybe as fucking johnny storm because fantastic four's coming out the next phase but all in, that's gonna that movie's gonna have the the portals moment in it. That was so much that my brain is just like, okay. So is this this is just like a group of like misfits who want to be good now in a way? No, no, they're not trying to be good. They are portraying good guys, but they are bad. Okay, okay. they are pretending to be good guys. They are pretending to be the Avengers essentially. They're moles. They're deceiving the public. So, so like, in, in Black Widow, like, Yelena is, like, technically, like, you could look at that in the scope of she was never 
a good guy in that movie? I know she starts off like, does she start off kind of bad and then becomes good? Yeah, and it's that's what it kind of is. It's a team of anti-heroes who could go either way at any point and are commanded by what I'm guessing is going to be the New World Order based on the Falcon series, right. which is run by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, in a way to destabilize and ruin superheroes. Mm, okay. You know, you get enough people that are dressed as Captain America and have the power set of Captain America, like a taskmaster, yeah. killing fucking civilians without fucking abandon, people are going to start turning on superheroes. Okay. It's definitely an intriguing concept that you have now piqued my interest for. I knew nothing about it, and I, it does sound interesting. It sounds something something different from Marvel, and, and I, I think I'm excited for it, just on that description alone. I'm still very confused, but I'll watch it. <laughs> Just think Evil Avengers. Yeah, yeah, that 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 checks out. For some reason, I just keep thinking of like the Walking Phoenix Joker, where like it's just the streets are full of people dressed as him as he's just doing what he's actually supposed to be doing. Yeah, and Norman Osborn was a big part of it, so maybe we'll get the six one six universe as Norman Osborn, or maybe we'll get fucking Willem Dafoe and who the fuck knows? I mean, if you just put Willem Dafoe in your movie, then I'm already going to like it. So, Marvel, Feige, listen. You know, <laughs> the whole time that you were describing them, like, as, like, the, like, bad Avengers, you know what I'm thinking, like, picturing again in my head? Okay, Avengers, Cabbage Patch Dolls, Thunderbolt, is that the name of the group? The Thunderbolts, yeah. Okay, Thunderbolts, the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> yep, 100%. Okay, okay, I got it. I understand. <laughs> But if you did have a Cabbage Patch doll and it took its mask off and there was a Garbage Pail Kid underneath it, that's what it's like. Okay. Dang. That's what the Thunderbolts are? Okay, understood. Got it. Masquerading as heroes. Okay. First they're sweet, then they're sour. So after Kevin, thank you, Kevin, announced Phase 5 and wrapped that up, he dropped a couple of things about Phase 6. We're finally getting our Fantastic Four movie. Is it going to be Jim Krasinski? Who the fuck knows? Let's fucking go. We're all on board. Maybe we'll get some Johnny Storm back. Chris Evans back in the multiverse. Who knows? Anything could fucking happen. Multiverse. I just really needed a cast announcement with this. I We knew this was coming. Yeah, I'm just excited about it. I mean, it's, it's too early to speculate anything, really. But I do love the original Fantastic Four movies. Unir unironically, so do I. To a level. But I don't want to... I do not want to see Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't love that idea. Okay, fine. He could just be Captain America again. Okay. And the only other two pieces that came out from Phase 6 were the titles of the Avengers... Upcoming Avengers movies, which to me feels really weird because there's no other Avengers movies in between the phases. So it's all of a sudden like, oh, we're going to call the Avengers back to town. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of like empty space on the slate for them to do something, but that's where they're going to have that final buildup. So they're trying to really keep that shit under wraps because that's when the Kang shit's going to hit the fucking fan. You know, it makes me laugh because I swore they said they wouldn't make any more Avengers movies. And what did they do? They announced two Avengers movies. Just like you said, I think the name alone gets people excited. Oh, the Avengers are back. Hell yeah. Yeah, well, historically, the Avengers have always been a rotating team of heroes. It wasn't always the same ones as if you started reading the Avengers series in 1960 and you picked it up in 1970, completely different teams of superheroes. Right. Do you guys think that we're going to get a lot more announcements of Phase 6 at D23 
in September? Like, do you think that they're gonna like, or just drop trailers for for what's already announced? No, I think that since D23 is the September and the slate's not drop, uh, not releasing till like fall of 24, they're going to wait till D23 next year to mm. drop the full rest you of the slate. So. We might see a couple of like actually released trailers like the Guardians trailer or something like that. Quantumania might get something released at D23 so they can, you know, we're Disney, fuck you. Mm. But I don't think we're going to get phase six stuff in, at D23. Well, and by not announcing it, it gives you more of those classic Marvel moments of you can really utilize your mid and post credit scenes to introduce characters again and be like, holy shit, like the X-Men are possibly showing up, you know? Yeah, because when is Harry Styles coming back? That is my main thing with Marvel. I'm waiting. Kevin, did you hear that? You robbed Snort of her Harry Styles <laughs> announcement. I, I just imagine it's probably going to be a Disney Plus show. So I I really thought there could be something about it come out. Maybe D23, though. Well, there has been a lot of love for Eternals going around for some reason now. Why? I've been seeing. What? Really? I don't know if it's Why? I don't know if it's a Morbin time thing or something, but Internet's talking about Eternals well right now. Whatever. Oh. So your chances of styles are going up the flagpole. I am genuinely baffled that people are in love with this movie currently <laughs> online. I, I have not seen this at all. I'm very surprised. And that was pretty much the whole of Comic-Con. A little bit of good, a little bit of bad, a little bit of boring. But what else do you expect from a three-day nerd convention? Can't love it all. That's okay. Yeah, there was definitely things I think all three of us are a little excited for and, and some things that we think are stinkers. But overall, it's always a fun experience to, to sit through the weekend news that is Comic-Con. And I, I'm sure we'll get some really good stuff out of all these announcements. We're, we're bound to. Yeah, well, I've got another fun experience planned for the two of you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because after re-listening to some of our episodes and me coming to the final high realization that neither of you know anything about Kevin Smith at all, yeah. and showing you the Clerks 3 trailer with a big old smile on my face and you guys just saying, what the fuck is a bicycle? <laughs> yeah, we kind of suck in this aspect. <laughs> We're going to be doing something to lead up to Clerks 3. We're going to be doing the Summer of Smith parentheses kevin thank you for including that people could easily get confused yeah what are we starting with we are going to be delving into the history and career and filmography of the greatest 90s slacker director ever mr kevin fucking smith kevin smith at the time was a cultural phenomenon still is to a level of this day a cult status but bigger than any other cult status of anybody else that really has done things of this nature. He was the first real rock star director, in my opinion. And he was the first one to make a multiverse of films. So we actually have to watch a multiverse to get ready for Clerks 3. This is, man, this is just a year of multiverses for all of us. I think we're living in a multiverse right now. Well, you have like, you had the whole zombie thing, you know? Now it's multiverse. That's a new thing. Yeah, everything's everywhere all at once. It'll be nice to see an earlier stage of the multiverse then. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty excited for this, honestly. That does sound cool. Yeah, it's a framework for the MCU, 100%. Actors playing different characters, shared roles, the nine. So I'm very excited to go through this filmography of Kevin Smith with you guys, and we're going to be going in kind of a progressional format, starting with Clerks, watching Mallrats, so on and so forth. We're going to have to be doing two movies an episode. What? To get through it all before Clerks 3 happens, to be able to understand all the references. 
This is a commitment. Okay. So we will be doing movie reports on the movie we watched as homework on the front half, and we'll be talking about the movie we watched on the back half. Okay. Sounds good. Easy enough. Pencil me in. I'll be there. All right. And if you all want to be there... Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at THCinema Podcasts. Go give us a rate and review on Spotify, iTunes, tell a friend, write a review. I can't remember if I said that. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. So if you see three people talking about Comic-Con news, because they're really, really high, come over and say hi. That might just be us. Okay, bye. 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 SMR podcast with Silent John. How are you all feeling today? Does that noise feel nice? Oh, that one didn't actually work. <laughs> yeah, not what I was going for. And that is the ASMR podcast. It is now canceled. Oh man, I was gonna subscribe. <laughs> Just a quick silent John ASMR break. <laughs> what else you got? And that's about it. That's all you got? I'm a jack of a few trades. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he keep rolling the dice? That's the only movie he knows. That's it. <laughs>